A small town in Pennsylvania tries to stay afloat after a root beer epidemic takes its toll on the civilians. Gaslit presents Root Beer Meltdown. I'm Paige Hanna. And I'm Kyler Knight. And today we are joined with... Our big old Grinch. And our sport nut. Oh, sorry guys. I, I uh, just got back. Oh, um, my name. Oh, yeah. Ollie. So where did you just get back from? You know you missed a whole episode of the podcast. Oh, no, I we know. We had to replace you. Which was easy. What's going on? I was in California, and I was, uh, and we go see, uh, Train Town. I'm a big Thomas train head. So I'm glad that you went. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I heard that you have kind of a, a new favorite drink because of it. I heard you went nuts at Train Town. I mean, me and him are both been getting into this a whole lot recently. Yeah. So, so, come on, come on, boys, okay. spill. What okay. do we get into? We don't want to spill it. <laughs> we don't want to spill it. We don't want to shake it. We want to keep it right where it is. Nice and mm. clean with a nice frothy little top. We've been getting into root beer. Root beer. Root beer. The stuff that sticks. Dog water. Exactly. So, I knew that this was your guys' big passion this week. So, me and Kyler kind of concocted a story that went in, around, through, near, up, and down root beer. Today we're going to be recounting the events of the root beer meltdown of 1912. May 4th, 1912. Jugtown, Pennsylvania. Good old American town. Jugtown, Pennsylvania. And it is the home of the Root Beer Festival. First oh, weekend of May. First week. Mm-hmm. Root Beer, Ollie. Root How beer. many summers have we spent at the Root Beer Fest? Root Beer Palooza. Root Beer Palooza. Root Beer time is what I call it. Mm-hmm. Because when we go there, it's oh. just 20, 27. I, I don't even bring a watch or a clock because I'm on Root Beer time. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. You made me giggle. <laughs> yeah. You make me giggle at Root Beer It's Fest. all the bubbles in your belly. This root beer, fe- I mean, I mean, root beer was brought to the the mainstream public eye in the 1880s. Of course, it was an indigenous um, drink before, but the colonizer got their hands on it, typical. and it, very typical. And it was uh, brought into you know the the Western zeitgeist. They have been having this root beer festival for the past 30 years. I mean, 1880s, it's 1912. I mean, this has been a long-standing tradition. And some of the traditions that take place at the root beer fest is, of course, the uh, Toothless rat race. Yeah, let me tell you about that. This is now. This is where I get my root beer money from. Is watching these rats race around that track. So, the whole process is you get the rats and then they bottle feed them um, soda, soda pop. So it rots their teeth out. Uh, it makes them lighter, and all the sugar in their little bodies helps them uh, zoom, zoom, zoom all around the track. And it's just such a sight to behold. These the little patters of their pink little feet and their root beer filled bellies um, and their little burps help them boost along the track and it's just uh, it's a delight. Toothless rat race. Uh, I would kill to be one of those fucking rats. You can't say that. No uh, curses, no swears. Another long-standing tradition is of course 
the root beer ball. The root beer ball. <laughs> where people put on their, their finery, their Sunday best, their of course, made out best. of all root beer paraphernalia. We're talking cans. We we're talking 12 ounce hats. cans. We're talking well, uh, can tabs. We're talking plastic bottles. We're talking roots. We're talking beer. We're talking brown. Sticky. You know, long standing traditions. And getting our bellies wet on the root beer slide. Oh, of course, the root beer slide. I forgot about the root beer slide. This is kind of the uh, the prize pig of the root beer festival, which is, of course, the root beer pit. Mm. Yep. Ollie, what's going on? You seem obsessed. I just... To be in front of such a vast quantity of root beer... Would is, be a kid again? Would, ...would teleport me into the happiest days of my life. To yeah. say the less, the fact that I went to this root beer festival and I did not see said pit really takes me off. You know, mm. I'm really, I'm really peeved off. I'm really j jacked off. You know, I'm really. Sorry, I need you to calm down a little bit. Um, because oh. there is a reason a root beer meltdown right why now. there wasn't a root beer pit when you went to the root beer festival. Uh, 1912 was the last year with the root beer pit because of the events that transpired. So of course the root beer pit, it's kind of based off of stone soup. They have this big pit in the center of town that everyone does their part, puts root beer in with their own, you know, family recipes and just makes this massive family roots. of root beer. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. like a, like a grill, you don't clean it. That's where all the flavor is. So all the piss and spit and root beer. It, it comes together to make a family broth. A mousse-bouche. So the other special thing about this root beer pit was it was located directly next to a poppy field. Not a puppy field. Bella. It was located right next to a poppy field. And you might say that's beautiful. Gorgeous. But there is some repercussions with the, the drug, the yeah. opium, drug. which does come from poppy seeds. Um, and while the pit was was uh, situated just so close next to this field, of course there was some cross contamination and the root beer a in the pit. Opium gets in the root beer. Everyone's having a stellar time. Of course, of mm. course. It's the silly soda. It's the silly soda. That's it's some. Silly soda. That's dog water gone right. Everything was going fine until one day a boy, no older than nine, comes crawling out of a bush with his dirty round tummy in his little brown dungarees, screaming, prophesizing from the knoll. Root no longer, tooth even less. Root no longer, tooth even less. Root no longer, tooth even less. Gospel. Gospel. But these, I mean, these people looking at this nine-year-old child, they ah! That's exactly the reaction. It's like, get this root beer bastard out of my vision. It's almost like they, they couldn't trace his, his yeah. blood, his seed of noble lineage. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the people of the town greeted him with absolute dismay. I mean, I mean, so, so pissed. They yelled, they screamed, get drafted! You if know? someone did that at my fucking root beer festival, I'd peg him in the head with a ice-cold mug root beer can. Smash him between them. Get, get drafted! You know, they, they wanted him out of here, so, you know, he did what any other nine-year-old boy would, threw up and ran away. But, you know, the rest of the festival continued as normal. That is until the next day. This is a three-day affair of the root beer festival. The next day, the town awoke, pulled off their pointed sleeping hat, their sleeping turned caps. off their me 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 me's, doused their candles, 
took off their slippers, went out to the root beer pit to greet the day with a cup of morning root beer. Yeah, people line up, grab their mug. Morning, morning, Joe. What? No root beer. Yeah. The root beer from the root beer pit. Say it with me. Was gone. 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 The people of the town were in such a state of disarray because, of course, there was opium in the root beer, so they were exhibiting signs of withdrawal. Mm -hmm. However, they were not normal signs of withdrawal from someone suffering from an opioid addiction. And the reason behind that... It was like this weird, mutated thing. I mean, you have all these kinds of symptoms, some as, some as innocent as pus pockets and joint curling, like your toes and fingers curling like nose a bird. Nose, even. Like no, a, oh, like a witch's nose. Ooh. Or on the on the severe end, expanding pores. You could put a whole ass grape in there. Ah! Yeah, scary. Imagine waking up with scrapes in your skin. And I mean, since these people are having a 72-hour sugar fest and mud fest, the naturally in their sleep they're gonna detox these large sugar crystals out of their back, and it's just uncomfortable. Not to mention the root rage. These people were pissed. The streets ran brown with root rage. The streets ran brown with root rage. Mm -hmm. Tell me about it. And, and because of this, it's actually really funny. So the state of uh, the state of Pennsylvania actually still has some of these laws in place that were enacted during uh, the the root beer madness, root beer uh, meltdowns, mm -hmm. um, because people were going so crazy. So yeah. some of these laws, which you can look this up, currently standing. Yeah. Not to um, mention, first of all, you know. Like Paige said at the beginning, this started around a weekend, so on Sunday, people were on nuts. They're going buying vehicles all Sunday. It was an economical crisis, and mm -hmm. so now you can't even buy a vehicle on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. I mean, technically, I mean, <laughs> I won't tell. You can't buy cars no more. Not today. Not but, on uh, so you know, then they have this this ridiculous rule, which it's very specific, but. Holy, holy guacamole did alleviate issues. During the root rage, they tried to do all kinds of crazy things. So they were building bathrooms. Like, they're just like, what would you even call it? Like, I'm, I'm, babe, I'm building a bathroom addition to my house, to the, to the house. Like, why are you doing this? I'm so angry on root rage. I mean, they didn't necessarily call it that then, but it's just angry man in the early 1900s. I mean, we've all seen it, right? I mean, it's mm -hmm. angry. It was all this time. Classic trope. Classic trope, angry white man. Starts like acting out, and he. I'm building a bathroom. I, the, it's no good. And they're just long distance pissing and shitting and Taylor. peeing and pooping, and it's getting doo doo feces everywhere. And there's a plumbing issue plumber because hell. the acidity, the waste that is escaping these sewage. people's bodies, the sewage is so acidic that it is eating away at the already uh, vulnerable plumbing oh. system that is enacted in rural Pennsylvania, now, in Jugtown, hey, PA. The streets are running brown yet again. What does it cost to make a long distance call the Mushroom Kingdom, am I right? <laughs> so the next, next silly little law is actually, um, this caused more problems than you think it would, and it's catching fish with bare hands. Oh, these freaks want goblin mode. They're catching fish with their bare hands like fucking beasts. Kyler. Fucking beasts. There's no cursing on the podcast. It's an educational podcast. Beasts. Thank you. So yeah, they just kept scooping up fish. <laughs> no disdain nor contempt for the ecosystem of Pennsylvania. Just scooping fish. Hither and yon, left and right. The chemical reaction in microbes that are found in the root beer kind of act as like a, 
substitute steroids. These people are just mangling. I felt person. that before. So we just, you know, imagine this peaceful utopia going to cover in piss and shit and root beer and mud and big bald men grabbing fish from the river, trout and pike and crushing them in their hands like a cookie. Because of the uh, epidemic, if you will, of catching fish with hands, there was actually a mud penalty as well that yeah. was enacted. And the mud penalty was kind of, you know, if an official saw some mud on your shoes that was seemed to be from a creek, a river, a body of water of some sort, they just assumed that you were, of course, catching fish with your bare hands unless proven otherwise. So there was a mud penalty. Anyone with mud on their sh shoes subject to search and seizure. What what was the like penalization for these crimes? You know, like how did jail? No root beer. Oh, wow. Okay. Even more so. Just straight up jail. Like, yeah. No, no trial. Even like no. They just, no stone. The judge was high on root beer. Ooh. As were most of you. It was um. It was white hell. It was a lawless time, like the wild, wild west. This is the last. Time. Oh yeah. Uh, like the evil, evil east. In the naughty, naughty north. The scary, scary south. Um, and finally, the last law, no Susans. Nope. Anyways, this was crazy until one woman had the gall to stand up for the whole community and begin uh, manufacturing root beer again. That woman? Marge Barnacle. Marge Barnacle founded gum root beer in her dusty oven. Her pig-filled dusty oven. Mm-hmm. And she actually used the mud from the original root beer pit and, of course, the opium mm. as well. This is an authentic Jugtown brew. Mm-hmm. And, and she bottled it, packaged it. Pickled it. Put it in a stew. Mighty and started beans. distributing it. And it really brought the community back it together. It caught on. It was um, popping off. Yeah, as the kids would say. She was a hero. She was a hero. I mean, they still all struggle with opium addiction, but at least this time they have their beloved brew. Yeah, and I, I guess in modern day, so uh, Mug Root Beer, company now known as Mug, bought gum root beer, switched the letters around, and uh, now it it's day. kind of their oh. thing. Slapped a big old dog on it, too. If there's a root beer festival, you can imagine this town's pretty wacky. So mm -hmm. the, the root beer bulldog... I mean, this is kind of, I'm putting on my, my foil hat here, but I heard pray tell of um, a cult. It wasn't really such a cult. It was just a group of people that uh, get small animals, small Enthusiastic. children. Enthusiastic. Enthusiasts that would take small, um, vulnerable beings, cover them in root beer, um, and feed them to a dog. There was an issue in uh, 2011, though, with the branding of mug, gum, root beer. And Ali, you actually know about this. Can you tell us what happened? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I have my finger on the pulse of anything, uh, you know, mug-related. I'm on r slash mug a lot. On one, of our, on one of our sessions, actually one of my sessions that I was doing alone to prep for this, uh, I found out that there was actually a... Uh, you know how they do like those old school like retro, uh, yeah, throwback. retro throwback slime nineties Nickelodeon. Yeah, at least stuff like you know, it's like oh, I'm nostalgia, Coca-Cola. I'm I'm here to I'm say I'm Sprunk from the sixties. You know, they always do like the throwbacks. Anyway, they were gonna do one to honor their the heritage of gum root beer, where they got the like original recipe and everything. But the bylaws. Mark Barnacle, uh, yeah, she. Basically, um, she wrote very, very specifically in her muddy manifesto uh, to gum root beer, basically said that every batch of root beer that gum made... Gum, specifically. Yeah, gum. 
It, it specifically said, you know, in quotations, any bottle with the label gum on it. Must it's have the soil from the original root beer pit and also an extensive amount of opium. Yeah. So and unfortunately in 2011, they were not able to print that uh, retro vintage. Yeah, it's a cool idea. Like I would drink a million of those gummies, but. Uh... Where does that leave us? In modern times, of course, there is a, uh, you guys probably know about this on off, off Broadway. Uh, right now there is a production running called the Root Beer Monologues. And that kind of encompasses people who were dealing with a lot of the symptoms of the root beer meltdown at the time. So for example, you know, there's a Pop there's a woman with back crystals mm -hmm. and she just can't get them off. Her toes keep curling mm -hmm. unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. It uh, it really it's you know, like a real nightmare play. It's a nightmare play. I mean, you know what they say: if you see toes in the first act, you know they're gonna curl in the third. So that's the tale. That's the that's the root beer. That's the, that's oh, the I love it. Oh, I love it. And just as a just as a like a little end cap, uh, root beer's good. Root beer makes me feel good, and I love talking about it. It, it's crazy the things that can happen uh, throughout history, and yeah, sometimes they get overshadowed because some people are just, yeah, it's not a good story, it's not a good scoop, it's not worth retelling, but if you, the world is full of mystery. Uh -huh. It's full of mystery and it's just out there for you to look, so, you know, by all means, find a mystery. Let us know if you find any mysteries you want us to delve deep into, I mean. Well, actually, that leads us perfectly into our new segment, and it is called Whoa. Tales from the Lamp. Tales from the Lamp is a new series where we just recount a teeny little snippet, teeny little story from our favorite bit of history, and we're going to take turns throughout the week, and uh, just so happens that this week is my turn. So I will be doing the first Tales from the Lamp, and my Tale from the Lamp this week is, of course, why the chef hat is the way that it is. Some people might say, oh, it's because of all the folds. But the modern-day chef hat uh, first came about during the Cold War between the U.S. and uh, the Soviet Union, which, of course, we talked about last week with my brother. Um, and it was told that if the chefs wore the specific style of hat, they would scare the red away. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. As always, I'm Paige Hannah. I'm Kyler Knight. And I'm Willow Bruins. Good night. Stay tight. And keep that gas lit. Uh -huh.